Hi, friends. Welcome to the Creative Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Caldwell, and I'm so happy you're here. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 85, which is officially our last episode for 2022. Throughout the Christmas season, we've been bringing you a special series called Stories of Faith and Transformation. As we wrap up the year, we're also wrapping up this mini-series with my beautiful friend, Jocelyn Lewis. Jocelyn was previously a guest on episode 62 of the podcast, and she joins us again today to share the powerful story of her unplanned pregnancy. In the midst of the unknown, she experienced an impactful journey of faith. I encourage you, if you haven't already, to go back and listen to episode 62 with Jocelyn, just so you can get more of her backstory and her dance journey. But today, we're going to go ahead and jump right into the conversation. And I also wanted to let you know that there's some extended conversation with Jocelyn available for free on our Patreon page, where Jocelyn gives some incredible encouragement and wisdom for anyone that may find themselves in a similar position of an unplanned pregnancy Or if you know someone in that position and you want to know how to support them, you can listen to that free bonus content at creativeimpactpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's creativeimpactpodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thank you so much for joining us today. Enjoy my conversation with Jocelyn Lewis. Welcome to the show again. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. Yes. So happy to be here. Yeah, I was looking back. You were episode 62 and yeah. this is now 85. So cool. This is our part two to get to dive deeper into kind of one portion of your story. But for everyone that's listening, definitely check out episode 62. Just hear more of Jocelyn's backstory and growing up and getting into dance and all of those fun things. So. <laughs> Yes. yes. Super, super fun. And we've been talking about doing this for a while. So I'm really excited that it's it's yes. happening. Yes. Me too. We were talking before we started recording about just like how life happens. And there were multiple kind of things that felt like almost keeping us from having this conversation. So it feels yes. like a victory yes. that we're even in this moment. <laughs> it does. And it is. And it's such a gift to have this opportunity. Yes. able to see you from 400 and something miles away. Exactly. Exactly. Such a <laughs> and, gift. Yeah. And then, you know, technology is not going to stop us. No. <laughs> we will find a way. Yes. Super grateful for you being willing to share your story and your testimony around having your son, Quinn, who is yeah. now, how old is he now? He turned five on November 11th. Oh, that's crazy. So fun yeah. though. And he is yeah. such a cutie. Yeah. Uh, So do you want to just like share like a very brief synopsis of what we're about to talk about and then we'll dive in to some specifics. Okay, cool. Yes. So whenever I was 23, I was living a busy life, teaching dance um, every day during the week. Yeah was preparing, you know, early in the mornings at the studio all day for classes in the evenings. I was co-directing the studio dance company. We were busy with competitions. We had multiple performances a year. I was choreographing. I think that year I had 
over 20 pieces that I was choreographing. So just in that spring season, uh, it was busy. It was a lot. Um, yeah, just that sounds like it. super full. Yes. From solos all the way to just like even production pieces and, and musicals and things like that. So in the spring, like around spring break, I had decided that really around the new year, I was like, I think I'm going to end this contract. Whenever we get done around May, June, we had some summer plans already in the schedule with the company. Um, We had a mission trip, like a short little mission trip planned. Mm -hmm. But I was just feeling like God was going to open a new door. And little did I know that I was in a season of singleness again. I had been in a relationship with my husband now, Micah. Mm -hmm. At that point, it was around five years. We had actually been in a relationship. Yeah, we had known each other for a long time. So we're just in this season of like, let's take a little break. Let's decide if this is what we want to do. You know, we had dated for a while and we were just like, what is the Lord trying to do here, you know, in this relationship? So mm-hmm. we had taken a break and then I was like, you know, maybe I need to move. Maybe I need to relocate again, get out of my home state again. I had only been back home for a couple of years at that point. So going on three years, actually, that summer from Houston. Mm-hmm. And um, I was 20. Yeah, I was 23. I had just turned 23 and it was around my birthday. I was like, I think I'm going to move on. I think I'm going to try to find something else. So I reached out to different dance companies. I had some different connections, actually even out of country that Mm -hmm. were just kind of falling in my lap. And then Mike and I kind of just started talking a little bit again. And then it just didn't work. We were just like, it's not time yet. We need a little bit more time away and just figuring things out. And that was hard on me. That was really hard on me um, and him and in our relationship. But the Lord was in it. The Lord was there um, in the midst of it all, mm-hmm. even in the confusion and uncertainty and just unknowns and just being very, I would just say, really lost. We were wandering away. We we knew that we wanted to have a relationship that was honoring to the Lord and that was on the right path and just keeping our eyes on him and just being able to fill those blessings, just overflow in our lives. Right. But we were just both at this place where we were trying to figure out our identities, you know, as a young adult. And then like we had been together for so long, but then we just didn't know how our passions and stuff were going to align. Even though we did have so many common interests, it was just like, are we serious? Are we not, you know, kind of thing. Anyway, so then there actually was someone that I had been talking to just for a short bit that wanted to just, you know, get to know me. And I then later, like months after, just started talking to this person. So pretty much during this relationship, I found out that I was pregnant. So that is what this story is going to be. Um, And then after that, I found myself in an abortion clinic Mm -hmm. because I really was not in the best of relationship at that time. Mm -hmm. I was with someone, the one person that knew was someone that did not know me very well. 
yeah. did not know that I love the Lord with my whole heart. Like they knew this about me, but they did not know me from Adam. They did not, this was not a friend of my past. This was not somebody that knew me growing up. Yeah. Not at a deep level. I went to church. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously completely opposite of my husband, Micah, mm. that knows me better than some days I feel like I know myself, <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah. such a blessing from the Lord when you can find a person that loves you and cares for you and wants to spend their life with you and is the yeah. best partner for you. So but, true. you know, it's a journey to get there sometimes. And it always is. It's just a sweet journey that you have to continue to sail on and just go through the storms and the things that come your way. So exactly. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to dig a little deeper with just how I was feeling spiritually, emotionally, that then led me to physical decisions that I feel like were just outside of what my spirit would have done if I would have really been in tune with what the spirit was trying to do more Mm -hmm. early on. Yeah. But eventually I did hear whispers of hope from God and he found me in dark places that gave me hope and light was there. So that's what we're going to talk about today is just that journey of feeling like you're just wandering in a really, really dark, like wooded area. Like I feel like it's just that picture of just like, you're just like wandering through the woods, like with no flashlight, like nothing, like you're stuck out there and you don't know how to get out. Yeah. And you hear things and you're like, is that a good thing? Is that not, you know, like, do I go that way? Do I go that way? And, and then you just feel that anxiousness within you where you're just trying to run out and get out of it um, Mm. as quickly as you can to find safety and yeah, just that light, that sweet light that gives us peace. So mm-hmm. well yeah. said. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you for you. giving us the backdrop and kind of where you were of coming into this story we're gonna talk through today. Yes. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe we can just start with can you take us back to that moment, the moment that you found out that you were pregnant? Yes. And kind of what was going through your mind initially and your emotions and all of that. Yeah. So I was like, I think I might be pregnant. And I, for a couple of days, was like, there's no way. Like, no. And so then I took a test, and it was very late at night. I had a long day, and I was like, I'm just going to take a test. Yeah. And then, yeah, found out that I was pregnant um, with the first test. And I was just in complete disbelief. I was in my bathroom and was just staring at myself in the mirror. And I think I stared at myself in the mirror for like 10 minutes. Yeah. I didn't cry. I didn't really say much. I was just, my busy life just stopped. Mm. Yeah, And I remembered feeling like really weak all over, but just feeling like just frozen in time. Mm. So physically, I am a dancer. So just physically, I think I remember that like Mm. sensation of me just feeling like 
there's no way. Um, and whenever I was thinking back on this, my instant thoughts were, is there any way I could go back in time? Like, is there any way? And it was just like, nope, like this is one of those things that is a reality. And I think in that moment, like it felt very tragic for me. Yeah. So I, I was really instantly feeling a lot of guilt, a lot of shame over myself. Mm. I felt very scared because of the relationship that I was in at the moment. I wasn't too worried at that time about that, but those were my thoughts. Next slide. What is the future going to look like? Right. Um, And I think like just in all of our lives, we make decisions for the future. So with something like this, it's something that happened in the past that you can't really change that outcome. Mm -hmm. You know, it's late. So I definitely felt very lost in that moment. I already had been feeling lost um, in that moment. So I think I just felt like I just sunk, like I had just fallen as deep as I could fall in that moment. And I was like, well, now I got to figure this out. So, yeah. So that's how I was feeling. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Just given kind of where you were in life and in that moment and then kind of what was that next phase of your journey, you know, in the next week, two weeks that followed? Yes. So I, the next day told the person that I was with because I, I had only been with him for almost a month at that time. So I was kind of like, I mean, I don't really know, like, could this be like, maybe, could this be his baby? So obviously I was like, I mean, I need to go to him. Um, That's what I was feeling. And I did, I didn't feel like I wanted to keep it a complete secret Yeah. because I did kind of feel like for me as a person, I don't really hold things in forever. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm not really that kind of a person. I, I know that I need to get it out um, in order to deal with it mentally. Because mm-hmm. if I don't, it, it just affects my everyday things. And I, I had a lot going on. I think we, oh, yes. Okay. So this was actually in May. It was right after our super busy recital week. Wow. Yeah. I had just had a week off from recital we had early recitals because we had this big production that we didn't want to push into May, um, the busy month of May. Mm -hmm. And actually I just kind of thought of a cool little backstory to that really quick, just a cool little piece of dance that goes with that. So the story, um, and Ben knows this because he was in Enola, Mm -hmm. but at that time I was playing the lead role Enola in this contemporary ballet called Enola. Oh, cool. Yeah. So Enola spelt backwards is alone. Mm. And it's just a 45 minute long ballet. So it's like a half, you know, length ballet of just this girl just journeying through life and trying to build her kingdom pretty much on the sand. So like, you know, just that story of like, I'm just going to build, 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 build and do everything (laughs) I want to do in the ways that I want to do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to 
make my life how I want it, when I want it. And, you know, just however, I'm not going to listen to anybody else. I'm not going to put a God before me to decide those things. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just keep going with my plans. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Uh And I've had a lot of conversations since then about this too, just how, wow, like God was so on like me at that time. And just like, even in the midst of me being pregnant. So I was pregnant while we were doing like that show and I had no idea. And Micah was even in that production and he was the tree. So he was kind of the God character. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Super cool. So we had just had a performance and then I had like a week off. We still had classes I think I had, yep. And then we had an audition that weekend. Okay. So it was on a Wednesday. It was like in the middle of the week. I was like, I'm just going to take a test. Um, So yeah. So then I talked to this person and I went to dance, you know, the rest of the week, just, I felt like a zombie. Mm. That was another thing I added to my notes. (laughs) I mean, I feel like sometimes we all have those days where we're like, maybe not exactly like that, where it's like, oh, what's happening with my life? But like, we have something that we've experienced that's just we're kind of just like you can't get it off your mind but you have to continue to live your life yeah you just kind of go through the motions sort of thing exactly and we all experience those Mm -hmm. things and you know being a young adult and having these experiences like as an adult it's just so interesting to look back and be like whoa man we can really go through some tough things you know Mm -hmm. and get out of it come on the other side but yeah so In this conversation, um, I did want to share this because this is what led me to the next decisions, you know, and just a couple of weeks to follow after that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this was just the next day after finding out. I obviously was very upset Mm -hmm. with myself. I had a lot of sadness within me. Pregnancies nowadays are either filled with a lot of happiness and joy an excitement or it's the complete opposite. Mm, so true. And I think that's just, you know, the perspective that a lot of people know, like that's the realities of some people's stories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, pregnancies have so many stories. I mean, there's so many different, every pregnancy is different and, you know, how it got there is different. And, and I think it's just, it's one of those subjects that you just never know where those people are at. Mm -hmm. Um, with the pregnancy. And I think that's another big thing is just being like really gentle and loving towards those people that are, you know, either trying to get pregnant, or maybe they didn't want that pregnancy Two completely different, you know, scenarios. And it's very interesting how our heart space with all of that can be so different Mm -hmm. towards those scenarios. So this person that I was with, he was excited. He, he was happy for me. And he was like, wow, you're pregnant. That's so cool. You know? Mm -hmm. And of course we had a day of just like, (laughs) what is going to happen? So it was, it was starting to be like, okay, this is cool, but like, this is inconvenient. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what the conversation like quickly started to do. Um, It just started to churn. And I just felt like it was 
filled with a lot of emotions, kind of up and down. And I, of course, was like emotional and crying. And then I was like, I would love to have a baby. I really have always wanted to be a mom and have babies. Like that's something that I've wanted. Mm -hmm. So I was starting to share this with this person and he had gone to my recitals and stuff and was supporting me. And like, we had been together, you know, for a while and for a little while. And so he knew like how passionate I was with dance and like kind of what my plans were actually like for the summer. He knew some of the people that I was communicating with Mm -hmm. um, and the plans that I was going to be pursuing the next year. And some of them, you know, like complete, well, really all of my plans were completely relocating and getting out of OKC. Yeah. So he then started to talk about this stuff. So was just trying to help me navigate not really navigating me necessarily, but just helping me just being a person to talk to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but then it really kind of came down to like, we were like, we need to find out like how far along, you know, like we need to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then we can decide. But I did set up an appointment with an abortion clinic, because I just didn't really one, I didn't want to be persuaded Mm -hmm. the other way to keep it. And it's so sad how quickly, like, my heart went from, I'm pro-life. I love Jesus with all my heart. I want to live for him. My life has purpose. This life has purpose. Mm -hmm. But so quickly, it was just like, there was just so much gray it was not black and white anymore. Mm. And I know it was because of fear. And I could, I could hear it in his voice. I could sense it in mine, obviously. And just the wondering, it was like, we were just wondering, like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much what led me and how, and I just, this was not a bad person, like, good person. So it doesn't take you know, a person that's just like pro-choice or whatever their beliefs are, it doesn't necessarily take, it doesn't mean that that matters. Mm -hmm. It does matter to people, you know, what they believe, but it doesn't mean that that's going to change. I feel like Mm -hmm. necessarily like in that moment, what someone's going to do, but looking back, obviously that's just what I can hope and pray for in others that they would still seek God's face and still be able to ask him, you know, like, what should I do? And I did, I mean, so then kind of the, what happened next was I waited three weeks. Mm -hmm. So I pondered on this and him and I actually stayed together. He was still with me during this. He was the only person that knew Mm -hmm. he was a good friend to me during this time, which was good. He didn't beat me down. Like you need to just, you know, move on with your life. It wasn't that it was just, I'm going to listen. I'm going to support you and whatever you feel Mm -hmm. is best for you. You know, you better than I know you, you know, which was good, but I think it did affect, it did influence me a little bit because it made it more about me, Mm -hmm. my choice instead of bringing light to what this baby was and that it's a gift. And I knew this in my heart, 
And I told him this and I was like, this is literally a miracle. Like, yeah inside of me (laughs) Um, and like and he was like I know but you don't have to experience this yet and it just kind of was like like just right over his head and and another thing is you know us ladies like dads love their babies just as much as their as their mamas Mm -hmm. but us mamas we think about this day you know we think about this moment and we think about these moments of how am I going to feel when I'm pregnant? Like, how is it going to feel in preparations for this? Right. And I think that's like my biggest thing right now. Like if anybody's listening, like, I hope you finish <laughs> listening to the rest of it. But like, just in this moment, like that was my prayer to God. Like, I, I just want to do what you want me to do like I know you want me to do you know have this baby yeah but I need help like I need help finding that again and like finding that just what I wanted like I just in that moment it just felt so dead to me because I think I was just so sad that it was out of my plans Mm -hmm. that it was I wasn't married I you know was living in going to church. I mean, I was like, you know, teaching at a Christian dance studio. I was feeling like I just need to hide this. Like Mm -hmm. I can't face this yet. I can't face these people yet. Mm -hmm. And I think that was exactly what drove me to that because I was sharing this with this person. Like, I was just like, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. Like these, I don't know what these people are going to think of me. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, we're going to move, you know? (laughs) Yeah, we're going to be around new people. So they don't have to know. And I was like, Oh, so it was like, it was like Enola. I mean, it was like, I was, had already been making these plans and then all of these other things started to come in. And it was like, either I could go directly to the right or I could go directly to the left. Mm -hmm. And in that video, you know, that I did, like, I just felt like God gave me that clear picture of like, one side was like white and then one side was black and it was going to be like a choice of life or literally a choice of death. Mm -hmm. And that was that those three weeks, like I was like going back and forth with just that scenario. Yeah. That video was so powerful. And that was kind of really what made me think about like, it would be really awesome to have you share your story with everyone that's listening because it does put it into perspective, you know? Yeah. Maybe we can even link to the video. That would be cool for people to be able to watch. Yeah. So it was a dance that Jocelyn had put together. Yes. I would love to. I actually this week, cause I knew that, you know, we were going to be doing this. I was like, I need to get that on YouTube so people can just, you know, go and find it easy. Perfect. So actually it was something that you said just reminded me of, you know, Mm -hmm. I've heard statistics that, over half of the women who choose to get abortions identify as Christian women and um, are a part of the church. And so I'm just curious your thoughts on, do you think, I guess, that the church plays any sort of role in, I kind of heard in what you were saying, some of the pressure, yeah. you know, to to have a certain image or to you know, live a certain way. So I'll let you speak to that. But I was just curious your thoughts. Yes. Yes. So I actually have a very interesting story 
It's about another woman that I heard about, but I will share that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let me forget because it's really cool. But it goes, it it goes along with this a lot. And I actually thought about her during those few weeks um, whenever mm. I was deciding. And I think that was just another whisper. I know it was. I know it was another whisper that God had just reminded me of. And mm. like, I was like, okay, God, like, <laughs> I know, like, uh-huh. but this is not what I had planned. Right. Like, this is not okay. So <laughs> a lot of those conversations more in tears and just like confusion form, but it was there. Yeah. So, yeah. So at that time, yes, I had mentioned that I was working at a Christian dance studio and I was co-directing this company. Like I was leading these girls. I was praying with them every day. Like we were worshiping together. And I know that like in the midst outside of my personal life, in the midst of our lives as believers, we do not live a perfect life. And we all have those things that maybe not that maybe we're not dealing with a hidden pregnancy, but we're dealing with something. And so true where we're being pulled this way or pulled this way or tested. And God allows these things and these challenges to really strengthen us. And in that moment, like I was thinking that, like, I was like, okay, best case scenario, like they just find out I'm still here next year. And it's just like so much support, Mm -hmm. you know, and love from the church from the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Like that's what you want. That's what you want to feel. And I wrote in my notes, like truly, like if Jesus was right next to me, he'd be like, you got this, Mm. you know, like you got this. And I know that now, but I had to experience it to know. Yeah. In that moment, I was so afraid. I was like, well, this person, Like, what about this person? And honestly, that's how my, I mean, that's how my mind works. I mean, it's like, I think about what people are going to think of me. I think we all do that, you know, maybe about, like you said, different things, but, you know, and that we kind of tend to keep things in the dark because, yeah, because of that fear. Exactly. And it really does hinder us and it really does slow us down from, what God wants from us when we Mm -hmm. sit there and worry about those things. But, you know, I was also going through this in that moment where I have to grow from this experience. Like, how does God want to grow me Mm. through this experience? But I did feel like I was sinking deeper and deeper because I just did not have support in that moment. And I think I know that there would have been people that would have supported me during that time, you know, Mm -hmm. even other dance teachers, you know, like some of my people that I was working with and just like some other sisters in Christ that would have just embraced me and loved on me and been like, let's go out to lunch. Let's feed you in this baby. Let's uh-huh. take care of you. Let's like pray, you know, let's hug you and love on you. And it's interesting. Cause like I was still, involved with all those people and it's even in the midst of it like I still had my safe community where I felt like I was still connecting and I I did feel like I was like just 
it's not time yet to tell people, you know, I'm still figuring this out for me, you know, like on my own. And then there was like a piece of me that also was like, I just don't think I'm going to go through with getting rid of this baby. Like I, it's just not me. Like I will have so much shame, mm-hmm. but yeah. So just a little bit more with that. I, I do. I know that I felt a lot of guilt and shame mm-hmm. because of my beliefs. And I felt like I let down. Mm. I, People. And I feel like I let down the church. I feel like I let down my friends. I felt like I let down my family. Yeah. I already was feeling that way and it hadn't even happened yet. Mm-hmm. And I was just, you know, thinking like, I have to have so many conversations with people. And I think it was really just, I just felt like I was being swallowed by a wave that just never ended. I just felt like I was just, just rolling in this tide of, Mm. I don't know if I can ever get out of this feeling of, can I ever get like a thought or fresh air to just breathe and imagine this, you know, working out. Mm. So in that moment, I just felt like it's not going to work. Like, just not going to (laughs) work. So I did, I did. Yeah. I, I wrote down some things because yeah, I, I was very scared. Um, I wanted to hide it and I wanted to keep it a secret. Um, Mm -hmm. that was what I wrote down because I, and I do believe that, like you said, those statistics, I fully believe that just because I think there's a lot of women that want to hide this and just put it behind them. Mm -hmm. And through the years, there have actually been mamas that have come up to me um, that I know personally. And they're like, I d- went through that mm-hmm. and I did not keep my baby. Yeah. And I found God and I know I'm going to see that baby again. Mm, yeah. And that is, those have been moments that I will never forget. Those have been moments that, you know, continue to help me you know, just through this testimony of faith, like through the story of Quinn and his wonderful life that I get to look into his eyes and see him smile at me. And I mean, there's been moments, even (laughs) the first month that he was born, I would just look at him and just cry. And I just feel like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And I know my heart was just healing. Mm, it was yeah. a lot of guilt that I had carried, even through the pregnancy, just wanting to hide and mm-hmm. not be around people that I was, you know, really involved with. Yeah. Whenever I was like mentoring, you know, people and helping, you know, minister to people and like all of that and teach. And so, yeah, there was just, you know, a lot. So, but I would like to share this little story. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Because this is really cool. And, and it kind of goes into more that I think we'll touch on later. But yeah, just like, just to encourage people that are listening. If you are experiencing this, if you have, if you know people that have how to help them through and continue to help them, especially people in the church that we put all this pressure and it's, 
you know, from God's perspective, he just loves us so much. He just wants the best for us. Mm, yeah. It's not that he wants us to carry all these burdens. Jesus did that for us. Like he, he carries that for us and he is always going to be there. And we, but we have to give it to him. You know, we have to give it back to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going back to just like everybody has their own things, but this is really cool. And this was something that I thought of those few weeks, I just kept on thinking of this woman story and her testimony. Um, so that video that I did with the dance video, that was through Hope Pregnancy Center. I have been involved with, and we'll go more into that in a little bit, but yeah. I've been involved with them since, you know, I found out that I was pregnant with Quinn, but I actually had done a little bit of volunteer stuff whenever I was 16 years old, whenever I was a junior okay. in high school. So I had, yep, it was my Bible teacher through co-op that I, I took her Bible class junior year and senior year. Mm-hmm. And she is just an angel in my life. She actually just called me like a couple months ago, like just oh to catch God. up. Cool. How are you? How's Quinn? How's your family? How's Phoebe? And Oh, it's just, God just knows. He just knows. And she's one of those people as well that God just knew. And I was going through a lot whenever I was 16 as well. Mm -hmm. So there was just, you know, God just knew who he needed to send into my life. And I'm just so thankful for that. So she took us to Hope and we did a volunteer day. Um, We got to leave school and it was awesome. (laughs) And we got to make like baby baskets and care packages for moms and babies. So yeah, so we did that. They like fed us lunch that day. It was so sweet. And then we like all sat there and watched these videos and they also used it as a ministry opportunity to speak to us girls. And it was just a class full of girls in the Bible class. Yeah. So it was like a sweet little small group that she had. And all of us were in high school. So we got to sit here and watch this very hard to watch video. (laughs) I mean, it was not easy because we're all like, yep, we're teenagers. You know, we know how boys are. We know how we might be dealing with some of these things. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, you know, all sorts of statistics and things. And then they went through a few interviews of just different. So they did like a, I kept the baby. I put my baby up for adoption. And then I aborted Mm -hmm. the baby. And all of these people were people of faith. um, And they all went to church. They all loved Jesus. And they all had to decide what they were going to do. Mm -hmm. So I was obviously thinking a lot about the one that aborted her baby. Mm -hmm. And this story is very, I feel like it's just something that is good for us to think about. And whenever I talk about it, and even since I was 16, really, like I was just so moved by it. I was going, wow, I've never thought about this. You know, I've never thought about how it would make a woman feel, you know, Yeah. after. So pretty much her story was when she graduated high school, she was off to college and 
she got pregnant, was just with the wrong people, started to get involved with the wrong group. And she was a pastor's daughter mm-hmm. of a, I think she said a pretty decent sized church. Yeah. So she's like, but everybody knew me. Everybody knew my family. And I was just sitting here going, duh. Like, of course, there's pastor's daughters that have gone through this. Yeah. Of course. And I was just like, that's how it feels. Like, even if you're not a pastor's daughter, you feel like you let down God. You feel like you let God down and you feel like you like he's disappointed in you Mm -hmm. and you feel like the church is disappointed in you. And I just remember listening to this going, that's how I would feel. Like, I would just feel so guilty and -hmm. like ashamed and like, I can't show back up at church in a month and be pregnant Mm -hmm. or then two months later or three months later everybody's going to be like, what are you doing? But the thing is, is it's like, it's two sided. So then you're going, I'm pregnant. But she also said, like, my parents would have never supported me having an abortion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they would have supported my pregnancy. And that's what she was sharing. She was just in tears. And was just weeping in this video. And she said, so I had all of this shame and I just told myself, I'm going to pretend like this never happened. I'm going to move on. My family won't know. No one will ever know. And then she said, it's so much a part of my testimony today that everybody knows. Mm. Everybody found out. And she said, and I don't have my baby. And she said, And this is the biggest thing to this. And this is what kept on going through my mind those few weeks was just how depressed she was Mm. after that. She said the, I mean, she said I was obviously not wanting to do it, but I felt like I had Mm. to yeah, because I felt like my family would be so ashamed and I couldn't, you know, stand with my family at church and I couldn't be with them at church. And then this happened to to you and, all the things that people would think. Mm-hmm. So she was just like, it's not worth it. I can't face that. Um, like it can't be me. And then she said, just literally at the appointment and just after she just felt even worse. Mm. That all of the, what I felt just felt worse. Wow. And she said that she just she knew that she made the wrong choice, even though she talked herself into thinking that was the right choice. Mm, yeah. And I feel like that's something that we don't really talk a whole lot about is yes. the after. Yeah. Yes. And that's what she was talking about. She said, the biggest part of my testimony is I felt so empty for so long. People were like, what's wrong? Mm. What happened? Yeah. You changed. Like they could tell something. What, was off, oh yeah. 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 They're like, did you, did somebody hurt you? Like what's happening? Mm-hmm. And that's the way it feels. It does hurt, you know, and when women go through that and, and I think, you know, since that day, like I, I feel like I had that on my radar. Like I'm like, is anybody hurting? Like, is anybody hiding? Yeah. And there were opportunities like literally during high school where friends would come up and be like, 
I need a pregnancy test. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll go get you one. I mean, Mm -hmm. you just never know. You never know what you're going to experience. You never know. Never know what other people are walking through. Who's going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And how soon that will happen. Um, Or just, yeah, you maybe somebody you don't expect. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a big thing is the surprise is it happens. So, I mean, it's, it happens to everybody. Yeah. Anybody. Yeah. And it's interesting how we tend to almost feel like, I don't know, like we have to have our act together to, you know, like you Mm -hmm. said, not disappoint God or all of those things. And yet Mm -hmm. the whole, I think a huge portion of, like you said, the things that we walk through that grow us are things that are teaching us to depend on God, you know, that he's using to be like, it's not on you. Like, you know, I'm, you turn to me and I'm your strength. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And this is something else that I added in my notes that I'd love to just touch on now. So he takes us through this and this specific thing, pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So we as believers believe that God did that. I mean, he knows, you know, like if God is real and we know him and know his truth and know what his word says, then he did that Mm -hmm. in that moment. He gave life to your womb. Right. I think that's another thing that like I knew, like I knew this, we were even doing pieces on this. We were doing pro-life pieces. Like I was speaking this to people, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, I knew these truths, but in that moment, I just felt like, it's just hard for me to find this connection right now because this is not what I wanted and this and this and this, but like, if that was something that I could say to somebody that was maybe leaning more on that side of like, this doesn't matter. Like doesn't, you know, it's just tissue. It's just whatever cells right now. It's just whatever. It's just there. It's not even, it doesn't have a heartbeat yet or whatever the arguments are. It's still, I believe in that moment, like it was supposed to happen. Like that child exists, like there is life and they haven't taken their first like earthly breath yet, but they are alive and they have a name. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is just something that God has just continued to show me through Quinn and other people's stories and sharing this and like talking with people that have experienced these things. Like this is a very real thing that happens in the church and outside of the church. And no matter what women need support and no matter what we just want, we don't want to feel alone. You know, we don't want to feel like we're doing it on our own. And in that moment you're outnumbered now. And I think that's another thing. Like you're like, I can barely take care of myself. Like, Am I eating three meals a day? Am I ready for this? Yeah. You are. Like, you're capable of it. But just knowing that, like, what I believe is that that moment was a miracle. Mm -hmm. Like, it was a miracle. And even if it was, you know, something that you didn't want or it was during a really dark time, like, that is a spark of light. That is something that God 
like it's just beautiful mm. you know and in that moment it does not feel that way always but yeah it is beautiful and there will be beautiful times and we can talk more about yeah, that yeah bringing light out of mm. darkness and exactly. and i love there's a verse and i can try to find the yes. exact uh reference but about you know before mm-hmm. i formed you in your mother's womb i knew you yeah it's like i actually have that oh, here cool. if you'd like me to read that would be it great i can right now so i did add that in my notes yes just so powerful oh my goodness oh it's so powerful and i added a little bit like before and after that specific verse but so this is psalms 139 that whole chapter is beautiful yes and it is a beautiful song to just sing over yourself and just dwell in it, even if it gives you a little bit of anxiousness because that's not how you're feeling in that moment. But yeah, just praying that if anybody's going through this or just trying to find that light, like in somebody else's story or whatever it might be, it's such a good, such a good chapter. Mm-hmm. But I started it at verse nine. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. For darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. So that was verses 9 through 18, Psalms 139. So beautiful. Yeah, it's just, there's so much truth. Mm -hmm. And God knew that almost every, not almost, but 50% of people that know him could struggle with this, these truths yeah. and be faced with these decisions and question their faith. It is a moment of questioning your faith. And that is exactly what it was mm. those few weeks. It was my faith was being pulled this way and this way. And I felt like I'd have hope one day. And then the next day I just felt like I didn't want to get out of bed, yeah. you know, really depressed and just feeling like I was already being hit with this. Yeah. And then I would go back and think about her and I was just like, I just can't live like this. I just don't think I can go through with this, but I feel like I need answers. I feel like I need to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So yeah. When you found yourself going to the abortion clinic, you know, what was that day like? And then where did things shift for you, I guess? Yes. So I was actually on my way there and it was in the morning and I, I just remember like telling myself, don't distract yourself from this moment. Don't just act like this is no big deal. (laughs) 
because mm-hmm. I think I had already been so afraid of that moment as well. Mm-hmm. Just stepping into that place. Like I was just like, I just don't feel like I belong here, but I do feel so alone right now. Like I just don't, I just was crying a lot. I just didn't know who to talk to really. I knew who I wanted to talk to, but I did not want to go to them yet. Yeah. And I was just like, I need to go to people that don't know me that will just listen to me and I will find out how far along I am. I will find out if, you know, whatever I need to find out. Mm -hmm. So I was on the way there, like just trying to take in the moment. And I, I did, it was a nice day. Like it was in May, the end of May. It was beautiful outside. It was a beautiful day. The sun was just beating down on me during that drive. Mm. And I think in that moment, well, I know in that moment was really like the first moment that I actually felt a connection to my baby. Mm. And I know it was because I was having to say goodbye. Like that's what I was telling myself. Like, this is literally like, you will say goodbye to this Mm. and you will not be able to bring that back in this, this way. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, and I felt like I kept on hearing that. And then I just felt this warmth, like from the sun. I just like, remember just asking God, like, why me? Why am I in the car right now going here? Like, help me help me. I mean, I was just in this zone of just like, help me. Like, I just need help. I just need help. Like, I don't really have words anymore. You know exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, Like, I just need help. And I just, then I just felt like I felt that connection. And I was just like, okay. And then I was like, well, I can still go. So then I got out of my car. I I, I just felt like this hesitation within me. And I was just like, okay, we're still going to go though. We're still going to go. They're going to call me. They're going to make sure that I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, if I miss the appointment, no. But so <laughs> then I'm like walking up and I actually see somebody out there, a pro-lifer with a sign and a Bible. And they're just like, this is a sin. This is not what God wants. This is, you know, like you're murdering your baby and all these things. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I was saying that a month ago, Mm -hmm. you know, like I was speaking this, like those exact words. And I was just like, if only she knew, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If only she knew. And I think also in that moment, like, I was just like, if she would have just like offered to like pray or talk, I think it would have helped me more because I would have accepted it. Yeah. Cause that's like, I felt the spirit in that moment and I was like about to go. And I was like, no, I'm going to go to this quiet place instead. And that was a really interesting moment for me. And I had talked to hope center about that. And they were like, I mean, it's just, you know, it's hard because she's not wrong either. I'm like, she's not wrong. That's mm-hmm. the thing. I mean, yeah. she is right. 
But I think that's helpful for everyone to hear as far as, you know, what is actually meaningful in that moment, you know, because you're already feeling the weight of guilt and shame. And that's not, I think that's not the heart that God wants to portray to you in that, in that time. You know what I mean? Like he's not a God of condemnation. Exactly. And that's the way it kind of felt. Mm -hmm. And then. Yeah. And I was just like, but it was interesting because, but even then I was like reminded obviously. And I was like, it's not wrong. So then I was thinking about that. I mean, I could hear her shouting. I feel like even from inside. I mean, mm. loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and I was just sitting there in the room, but I did not have peace in that place. I mean, mm-hmm. I really didn't. I felt yucky. I felt more yucky stepping into that place I'm saying yucky like I'm a little kid because I got little kids (laughs) I like it but that's like that's the way I felt on the inside yeah and I went and signed in you know and all this stuff went through the process so then I'm in there having to wait forever and then going in there and then I'm with the nurse and they're sweet and then the doctor came in and then uh, with surgeon and then Check to see how far along I was and said, you're actually eight to nine weeks pregnant. Mm. And I was like, huh? <laughs> yeah. What? And I just was smiling all of a sudden. Uh-huh. And the nurses, the ladies in the room go, oh, is this good? Is this better than what you thought before you came in here today? And I was like, yes, very. And then I asked him, I looked at him, I was like, are you sure? And he was like, I'll check again. (laughs) And he checked again. And I was like, what? And he was like, I'm going to give you some time with these ladies and you let me know if there's anything else I can do for you. And he said, we're here for you if you need it, but it looks like you're going to be just fine. You and your baby are going to be just fine. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. So then, yeah. So then they just were talking to me and then one of the nurses so one of the nurses left and it was just the one that was helping me whenever I first got in there she was like can I give you a hug and she gave me a hug and she just started kind of talking with me like almost just kind of counseling me through just kind of trying to help me be someone to talk to because that's obviously another shock as well yeah so she goes So is this, tell me what's going on. And I said, well, I just started dating someone like the last month and I don't know him very well. And he did not want me to have this baby. So that's why I'm here today, finding more answers. Mm -hmm. And um, like, he doesn't want the baby. If it was his, he doesn't want the baby. Then I said, but I know whose this is and it's my ex-boyfriend of five to 10 years. (laughs) So I was like, this is a lot better. And it gives me more time to think on this. And 
I need, I know I need to talk to him. So, and she goes, she was very happy for me. And then I was starting to walk out and leave out of the back. They said, do you want to go out the back where it's not loud? I was like, oh my goodness. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, and I laughed. And then this lady, I think she was the owner actually of the place. Um, And I found that out later through other people that know that place. So yeah, they, they're like, yeah, it was probably her. And so she was very nice though. And she said, here's some info in case you need us, need us again. And then she said, I'm very happy for you and your baby. I hope this works out for you to have this baby. And she said, it seems like you're excited. Seems like this is what you want. And I said, it is what I want. Mm -hmm. And she said, I hope you can stick to that plan. And then she said, you need to go straight. She goes, you need to go get you some lunch, go get a cheeseburger, Mm -hmm. feed you and your baby and go home and start getting lots of rest. And I was like, thank you. And then she hugged me and then I left. Wow. So I do feel as if, you know, God did give those people the words to say possibly. Mm -hmm. Um, And even if they just know what to say and, you know, to people like me that were like, oh, that's not that person's, you know, baby, it's a better outcome for me right now. So yeah, so that, that definitely helped me feel just a lot of relief. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I loved Micah so much then. So yeah, and I, I just knew that we were going to be okay. So Mm -hmm. I, in that moment, I just started to feel okay. Like I did not feel good. I felt bad. But in that moment, I started to feel better. And I started to feel like there was life again in my own life too. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And that this baby actually like was bringing joy already, you know? And I was like, wow, what a difference that makes. Mm -hmm. And still like, I had to learn a lot and process a lot through that just because I was like, what if it wasn't like, what would I have done that day? You know? Mm -hmm. But yeah. So then I went and talked to the person that I was with literally right after. And he's like, let's, let's talk, you know? So then I just told him, I was like, we can't be together anymore because I'm having this baby. Yeah. And yeah, so, and he was like, that's definitely okay. And I am happy for you that this is going to work out. He goes, I know that you wanted this baby. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was, it was good. It was exactly what needed to happen. So that's cool. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah. <laughs> so then kind of at that point, how did you find support? Yes. You know, and the rest of your pregnancy and post delivery journey. (laughs) Yes. So I texted Micah that day, that afternoon. I didn't tell him that I was pregnant. That's for the best. I was just like, we need to, yeah, just to clarify. I was like, Hey, can I see you? And he was like, why? (laughs) Yeah. Cause we were not together at that time. And he knew that I was with someone else and he's like, Jocelyn, why? And I was like, I have something really important to talk to you about. Mm. Okay, great. When? So I saw him like, I think the next day 
I like brought dinner or he grabbed dinner or something. We, I think we taught actually that day and then we, um, together ish. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> had a night of work together. And then we just went back to his place and talked and I told him, I was like, so I'm not going to beat around the bush. I found out that I was pregnant and I went to a clinic and found out and I told him, you know, obviously a little bit more in depth of the story and just like what led me to that. And he was just emotional, you know, and I was like, I'm pregnant. Like, and we found out that I'm eight to nine weeks long. Like I was like, that was the one time I saw you the one time Mm -hmm. in like six to eight months of not being together. Wow. So if that's not a miracle, then I don't know what is. Right. <laughs> because it is. And Quinn is a miracle. And he, you know, looking back, it just, God is good. And even in the midst of those troubles and that hard time, I know that through Quinn and his story and seeing his face and going through that pregnancy was a big big part of just having purpose in my life. Mm. But I told Micah, so I told Micah that, you know, I wanted to go to Hope Center. I wanted to find support through Hope Center, Hope Pregnancy Center. And I told him, you know, that I had volunteered there um, junior year, senior, senior year, and just a little bit. And he was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, he literally remembered because I knew him during that time. Right. (laughs) And we were, like, pretty much dating during that time, not really talking. Yeah. So he was like, let's go. Like, you know, he was like, I need support, too. I need help, too. And we just didn't know how we were going to tell our parents. Like, we knew how. We knew what we needed to do. But just... We needed to be together and just do this as a team as best as we could. Helps to have someone to, you know, talk through things with and get wisdom. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what we did. And they were like, well, why are you here today? And we're like, need a pregnancy test, you know? Well, I mean, I called them, you know, ahead of time. And then I was there for that, you know, and then it came came back positive. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm eight, nine weeks pregnant because I was just there last week. Yeah. And so, you know, and they, I was like, you know, I, they just felt like friends. Like it was, I don't know. I just felt so safe there right away. And they were just so kind and generous. And that's just their generosity just exceeded our expectations. And really even my whole family's expectations and Micah's family, because it just, they gave so much support. And I had written down in my notes that throughout that year and then the first two years of Quinn's life, we were involved with Hope Pregnancy Center. Mm. We did classes. They offered parent classes, um, empowered parenting classes is what they called them. Oh, cool. And so it's like the journey, like during pregnancy. And then they have classes for afterbirth, like from like one to six months and then six months to one year and then one and plus, you know, and so it just kind of grows. Yeah. Yeah. So like they have families that stay for years and just are involved and just get support and go to classes and receive counseling. That's incredible. 
and literally free of charge. I mean, wow. like it is a ministry and everybody that walks through those, through those doors does not have to pay anything. Yeah. And that is such a gift that so many people don't know about, but it's like literally like these pregnancy centers that offer all of this care and wisdom and just love. It's just like, it's literally the work of God's hands just in these women's lives and these families' lives and babies' lives. Mm -hmm. And we were actually a part of, they asked us to be um, special guests that year whenever I was pregnant. So I ended up having Quinn November 11th. But his due date was December 29th. So he yeah. was seven weeks early. Um, so I only was pregnant for really about five months <laughs> because I was already two months along. <laughs> and then I only had about four to five months. That's true. I haven't thought about that yet. Baby, yes. Um, and it's funny because sometimes I tell people that I'm like, you can do this because I did it in like four, like half the pregnancy. I did it. Right. And God was so good and he was so gracious um, and everybody around me was so gracious as I was learning in preparations to be a mom. Yeah. But finding your community, your safety net, your village, like all of that is just so important. And it doesn't have to be many people. Mm -hmm. It could be your best friend. It could be, you know, a family member. It could be, you know, your spouse. It could be that boyfriend. It could be whoever. And so I think, or just your church, like if you don't have that, like it can be just for a place like that, like a place of ministry, maybe you would rather have support from people you don't know Mm -hmm. at first and then be able to gain that courage to find people and they help you because they're they're professionals as well. So it's really cool. I think that is super helpful, you know, especially for people who maybe aren't in a situation where they feel like they have anybody around them in their family or close friends or anything like that, that would support them. I think that's so cool that you can, you can find that support, you know, through those ministries, like a hope pregnancy center. Exactly. Yes. And that's exactly what it was. And they, before the baby's even there, um, they teach you just all the things about car seats, like all the things, like just the necessary things. And then they, you know, they pray for you. They Mm -hmm. like offer assistance with anything like that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, on top of just like knowledge and teaching you all sorts of things. I mean, still to this day, Mike and I will be like, Oh my goodness, we learned that from hope. Wow. I, I know that when people go through these things, like it really does help to just share. And as hard as it is, as hard as it is to face some of the things that you might like hear or see after, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, mm-hmm. even though in that moment it's hard, but it's worth it. And when it's for the Lord, when it's a part of his plan and his story in our lives and it's for his glory, it just makes it worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine it's not always easy. Oh, because you're right. It's a change, a shift in your lifestyle, a shift in all of the different things that you had in mind. But I love how you're saying, like, even though it's, it can be hard and challenging that it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to have bad days. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have weak moments Mm -hmm. as parents, because just like as an individual, we have weak moments. So there will be moments where we feel like 
I need more knowledge in this, or I need to experience that again. Like I need a second chance, you know, to talk to my son about that Mm -hmm. or like to approach that maybe differently or, you know, whatever it might be. And we aren't going to be perfect parents. It's just being that example and leading them back to the ultimate example, which is Christ. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like with that, he's just the sweetest little thing. And it's just grace. I mean, he's just, he just, he teaches us how to pursue grace. I feel like better in our own lives. Yeah. He's just, he's a sweetie and I love living life with him. And I really have found so much purpose with Quinn. He's truly a gift for sure. Yeah, he he truly is. Yes. And his name means counsel. Mm. Quinn does. Yeah, he's, I feel like he's been that, like, he's just kind of been this sweet little counsel in our lives. And just, and I think I feel that way with others too. Like he just kind of carries himself that way. And he has a way about himself that I'm just like, God knew, Mm. you know, God knew what he was going to do with you, you know? Yeah. And, you know, he's of course still a little boy, (laughs) but there's grace all around. Well, Jocelyn, just thank you so much for sharing your heart and sharing, you know, this is, I would imagine not super easy to talk about, but at the same time, I love that you, you have been willing and, you know, free with sharing your story so that other people can be encouraged and, you know, find hope in Mm -hmm. whatever they're walking through, whether it looks similar or different, but just so grateful for you and so grateful for little Quinn as well and Phoebe and your whole family. So precious. And this is something that I've been wanting to tell you for so long, just sister to sister, heart to heart. And I'm just so thankful that we got to do that Mm -hmm. in this way. And we get to have this documented and stamped like this is a sweet moment. And just for anybody else listening, just like finding people like this in your life is just so important. Yeah. And, you know, like my sweet Rachel loves Jesus with all her heart, you know, and Ben loves Jesus with all his heart. And, you know, in those moments, you don't know what people are going to think, yeah. you know, and you don't. And of course, people are shocked, you know, like, oh, my gosh, are they OK? Like, oh, Jocelyn, Micah, what? You know, like, no way. But it's just a moment that we have to see it to then process it Mm -hmm. and then wake up the next day and just like think, Hey, what can I do to like make this a positive experience? You know? And I just Mm -hmm. love that. Like Ben was a part of our wedding that you all showed up during the most hectic week of your life. It was so beautiful. The day before Ben's birthday. I mean, like there was so much going on. You all are just filled with so much love. And we're just so grateful for that as well. Mm -hmm. And thank you for supporting me in this way as well, because this is something that is like, it's just a continuation of God's Mm -hmm. love in this story. Yeah. And you get to be a part of that as well. And that we get, this is what life's all about. It's Mm -hmm. just these experiences and sharing these moments of faith and Mm -hmm. where it's being tested. And even this, like 
we I couldn't connect to anything. It took an hour for my computer to turn on and I was just right. like, whoa. But God is good and he's here. So yes. thank you. Thank yeah, you again. For, for sure. And if you want to hear more about Jocelyn and Micah's wedding, you should check out her first episode because <laughs> I think we talk a little more about it, which is so I fun. <laughs> Some great it. stories from that day. It was so fun. Mm-hmm. And sweet little Quinny running down that aisle, yeah. right on cue, right oh, on the music cue. Oh, that little sweet angel. I love him. Yes. It wouldn't have been the same without no, him there. That's true. Gosh. Yep. So, so beautiful and so grateful. Yeah. Well, Jess, I love you. I love you. Wow, you guys, I am so thankful for Jocelyn and her willingness to share her story. It really encouraged my faith, and I hope it did yours as well. As a reminder, there's bonus conversation with Jocelyn that is absolutely free on Patreon. You can find that at creativeimpactpodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. This extended conversation with Jocelyn is really like as if she was sitting across the table from someone who maybe just found out that they are pregnant and they were not expecting that. And her words are truly so beautiful and impactful. Whether you're someone who's walking through that or you may know someone who you'd like to encourage, I highly recommend you checking it out. Again, you can find it at creativeimpactpodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. If you haven't already, I invite you to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening, and you can find all the links, the full show notes, and additional resources on our website, creativeimpactpodcast.com. I can't believe we're already so close to the end of 2022. Looking back, I'm so grateful for an incredible year of the podcast, and looking forward, I'm so pumped for what's to come in 2023. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of the Creative Impact Podcast. The music for the show in the month of December has been by Logan Keller from his album, A Merry Keller Christmas. Until next time, remember that you were designed to create. You were made to inspire. Continue living with purpose and making an impact. Happy New Year, friends, and I will see you in 2023. I just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring, ting, tingling, too. On its lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you And outside the snow is falling and friends are calling you I come on its lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you